0: anyway.
1: And welcome to Front and Nationwide. This is the Athletics' dedicated Blue Jackets podcast. Aaron Portstein here, along with Allison Lucan. Hello. And Tom Reed. I'm uh, for Chile. Uh, the three-piece brass ensemble is here together. Uh, I'm here in Dallas, making my way home. After last night's 2-1 to win in the American Airlines Center, hell of a performance by the Blue Jackets. Not a particularly clean game not a a um, clinic on well-played hockey necessarily but my god both teams went at it hard uh had a bit of an old school blue jackets western conference feel to it except they won um (laughs) jamie ben with a big fight with with uh josh anderson last night seth jones with a huge hit uh on jason dickinson and there were there were Big hits and and lots of lumber being laid all over the ice last night. John Tortorella called it the hardest they've played this year, which I thought was an interesting observation. Uh, two to one, they now have a or are they three zero and one in the last four? Is it a four game point streak? Is that correct?
2: Hold, please. I believe that's correct. Either, either way, y- correct four.
1: Yeah, so they're starting to find their way. These Blue Jackets a little bit not perfect. I think the the loss. I think the Rangers at home was a little leaky. Um, and I know Tortorella has bristled at some of the two-on-ones that they've given up. Just some of the sloppy play with the puck. But, you know, it's, it's you think many, many years. The Blue Jackets at 10-6-2, leading the Metro for what that's worth in November. You would, they would kill for a start like this. And I think they've had this start, and there's still a lot uh, that they think they can get better at. Do you Allison cared to weigh in on that one as well. 10-6-2. Does it feel legit to you? Uh,
2: it, it does. And I want to, before our listeners worry about correcting us, it's actually a five-game point streak. They got a point in Anaheim going back so, to that game. So 3-0-2. Yes. Nice. Uh, um, you know, I think that it's starting to feel like they're hitting their groove. This is something Tom cautioned us about not overreacting while waiting for early in the season. Um, And yes, I do think that they can still improve. You know, I I thought that um, last night's game was a hard-fought game. I actually point to Friday's contest in Washington as the best I think they've played. Um, That's my read um, on the recent games. But, you know, last night was enjoyable. It was a good win, and that's what matters at the end of the day. I would still like to see the skaters getting a little bit more of the shot share, getting some more shots off, and particularly from the dangerous areas, I think that's something that they can work on. Um, But, you know, again, I thought, as you mentioned, you know, no breakaways, no odd man rushes against. um, Tremendous work on the penalty kill, which I think was exceptional. I mean, they got almost as many shots off as the Stars did on the penalty kill. Um, So um, continued improvement there. But, yeah, I'd like to see them... We've talked about that swing between Skill and brawn, if you will, on this team. Right. I think we're almost there. But now just a little bit more swing back to Skill, and we might hit the sweet spot.
1: Yeah. They're trying to sort of find themselves there a little bit. And Tortorella made some moves last night. Uh, Dubinsky moves up. Duclair moves down. We'll get into Duclair here in a minute. Uh, He's still trying to find that perfect balance. I think it's interesting that Dubinsky's on the wing. Um, as we as as we go through here, I almost said, "Wow, um, ten six and 2 Tom, are you buying or selling this team? Do you do you, are you do you feel like the groove is starting to happen, or do you think they're still finding their way?
3: Well, we'll get to that subject matter of why they're ten six and two. I mean, it's 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 we'll we'll get into this later, but it's the goaltender. Uh, the goaltender makes a lot of things look good, uh, but yeah, I mean, again. <laughs> As I said about two or three weeks ago, it's it's let's let, let's not go too crazy about the fact that they're winning either. I mean, the whole league's I think is ten six and two. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the, the Rangers, who are supposed to be in, in total tank mode, are like two points behind them. So, you know what? It's it's it they're 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 doing better. It's a nice start, but it's, this is we expect this team to be a playoff team. So, yeah, it's it's fine. It's uh they're 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 playing. Well, la- I thoroughly enjoyed last night's game. It reminded me so much of the Blue Jackets of two years ago where there were just craziness all over, guys standing up for each other, fist to cuffs. Kind of reminded me of the Minnesota game where they were where they had the record where they were born for the record. Well, oh, yeah. he says hello. Uh, so yes, yes, yes. Yes, it Someone was that said. game. It was the Minnesota game. It was, uh, it was uh, and Josh Anderson was a scrap that and That was where they had Two scraps going at one time. In fact, yep. I was really disappointed last night when Tortorella spoke. I thought that he was going to say, when the fight with Ben, our bench was 10 feet tall. That's oh. you know, the that only thing that was missing. That was the right. only thing that was missing there. But no, it was a really enjoyable game. And, you know, you, we talk about this all the time the emphasis on skating, the emphasis on skill. You just don't see a lot of those type of games anymore. So when you no. when you get a throwback game like that, it's it's it's. Uh, I wouldn't want to see eighty of those, but it was kind of a fun night.
1: See, maybe I'm an Neanderthal. I'd like to see eighty of those.
3: <laughs> you and I, Torts both, and like, I don't. is trying to be restrained on his answer. You could tell he was trying to restrain himself.
1: Yes, it was. Uh, you know, on the day the NHL settles a massive lawsuit. Ugh. Right, you're like
3: woohoo fighting. You know um, what I, I felt bad for was, you know, Seth Jones is just trying to make a nice, open ice hit there, yeah. And his stick kind of slides up, and all of a sudden he's public enemy number one in Dallas in his, his hometown. hometown. It was just you. You mentioned this in your story. It was, it was just hilarious. Like I can't believe they booed him again. It was he was certainly not intending to hit the guy Christ. in the. Yeah, I think it just kinda slid up there a little bit at the very yeah. end. Yeah, the reverse it,
2: angle on that was not good. It just gave it a bad look. So depending on what you saw, you know, I can I can
3: understand the yeah. ire. It was a it fun did. game though. It was a fun game to watch. Uh totally enjoyed it. And and they're playing they're playing really well right now.
1: Yeah. Uh some subplots here, as there always are. You couldn't help but notice last night, um we talked about doing du- Duclair being moved down to the fourth line. This guy, who's second in goals and leads them in power play goals, is demoted to the fourth line. Uh, but we're, the thing to me that just fell off, just jumped off the page last night. Wierenski, fourteen minutes twenty-seven seconds. That's about half what he would normally have in a game like this. And I think what we're seeing here is is um, the the obviously the workings of the coach, John Tortorella. But we're also seeing this, this a sort of reminder that he doesn't play favorites, uh, because Warenski is absolutely one of the one of the most talented offensive players on this team. He's been moved down to the third pair, and he's drawing minutes that are about half what he normally would. And Duclair has been moved down to the fourth line, only from what you would call the third line to the fourth line. But his goals and his power play goals are not cutting him slack in the way that they are demanding uh, him to play. Uh, I think for Wierenski, it's purely defensive zone coverage. It's the defensive zone um, competing, which has never been a strong suit necessarily, but has really been exposed this year. I think when Seth Jones was out and now uh, with him on a different pair from Seth Jones, he's having to defend more uh, on a pair with Scott Harrington. Certainly. Uh, And I wonder sometimes if Tortorella is not putting players in positions where they're forced to do things that they wouldn't be in other situations. I asked him yesterday if he put uh, Duclair, Wenberg, Yorkstrand together as a line to say, you know what, someone's got to check if I put the three of you together. It's like uh, putting three college kids in a room and saying, someone's got to clean the room, all right? Just live with it or clean it. Someone's going to do it. And... No, Nobody did it. Uh, so Declare gets busted down. Uh, he's at a different level of frustration than he is with, with, with Declare than he is with Wenberg and Bjorkstrand, saying they know how to check. Uh, we have to teach Declare how to check. I'm just wondering when you guys look at Worenski being busted down to the third pair and Declare being demoted to the fourth line, uh, w- what you think, what you see, um, how you interpret this, and how you think the coaching staff wants the players to interpret this. Would, would either of you like to jump on that one first?
3: Tom, go ahead.
1: <laughs>
3: well, John Tortorella being John Tortorella, first of all. It's, it's, we've seen it from the time that he was in Tampa all the way through his coaching years in New York and brief stop in Vancouver and, and here. I mean, he's not going to play favorites. I mean, I think Nick Foligno got benched in the third period of a game. Last year, he's your captain. Pam uh, Atkinson, uh, oh, the, the leading goal scorer, I think was a healthy scratch last year, was he not? Yes. So, so yeah, this is this is, this is is what Tortorella does, and it's early in the year. And the thing, let's start with Declare. Declare's off to a good start. So it's not like, oh, boy, you know, this, is, this isn't this is going on very well right off the bat. No, it's going really well offensively. But this it is just something, and you could see this one coming. I mean, for about four or five days, people were, we were going around in a, uh, on the road in Washington, and people were trying to ask questions. Uh, boy, isn't Anthony DeClaire doing really well? Which, of course, he is, offensively. And Tort- would, Tortorella would answer the question, but then say, he's got a check. He's got a check. And he'd been saying that for like three or four days. So you saw this coming in some ways. Uh, yeah. I, and I think it's a, it's a way Tortorella hopes that they can kind of nip this in the bud. And from the other side of it, Claire can't say, oh, I, I didn't know what I was signing up for. I mean, the, yeah. you know, uh, Vinny LeCavier, who had a, you know, whose brother is his agent, right? His, his brother is his agent, said, yeah. you should go play for this guy. You've been on three other teams over the last four years. This guy will help you get to where you need to go, to where this doesn't become an issue anymore. People don't question your work ethic. So I think it's all positive. I think it'll be fine. Uh, I think the other one is more interesting in the sense that when we're talking about Rorensky, yeah, he's trying to get across that we need, we, need we need more. We, we, we can't just be an offensive player, and especially at a time where a guy like Marcus Nudavara, who we always just thought of a guy that could skate the puck up the ice, once again, he had a big hit last night in the game, and people are probably looking around saying, well, if Marcus Nudovarov can do something like that or throw his body around, Zach Marensky should be able to do that too. And I'm not saying again, shouldn't be running people, but just I think it's it's just they want a little bit more of probably a little bit more of an effort there. And I agree with you, Cordy, about maybe switching that defensive pair up with Scott Harrington does force him to play a little bit more that style. And the last yeah. point I will make the other two pairings are doing fine. There's no reason necessarily at this moment, look at the record since they've changed it, to go back to that pairing those The mistakes that were made in the Rangers game weren't necessarily mistakes made on the back end yeah, was, they were they were egregious turnovers by forwards that led to those two on ones. So I would say that this is something that Zach's going to have to battle through. We all know what a good player he is, and he'll he's going to be just fine, but I have no issue with Torch trying early in the season to send messages, especially at a time where the team's playing well. I think it's telling too that both
1: players are still in the power play. Uh, yes. Proof that I mean, there's there there perhaps they're in like, they're in like an annex section of the house, not fully the dog house yet. Yeah. Um, in other words, it's nothing personal. You're still a power play guy. Here's the power play. And surprised that Duclair went out for the shootout, <laughs> right? I also think from Duclair's situation, um, any thought in your head that oh, this coach just doesn't like me. This is personal. Um, he's playing that he's going to play favorites is totally wiped out by the fact that the star child Wawrenski is in the same situation. Allison, do you find any credence to that?
2: Um, yeah. I mean, I, th- and I think that, you know, as Tom said, both of these players should know enough, regardless of tenure that this is that they should know. This is how torts operates. I think for me, what's been interesting to watch more so is how the two players are responding uh, to the changes, and you know, again, it's so 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 small in terms of time that we can't hang our hat on it. But Duclair Duclair was the strongest player offensively in terms of tilting the ice last night. Again, limited minutes, but he was doing that. And there were times I noticed him trying to play a more defensive game. There were a couple shifts where I was like, "Look at him there! He's trying to to play defensively, keep his player to the outside, have good body positioning." So I see him, again, this has been just a short time frame, but I see him responding. Zach is going to be fine, but I—I I, it's an interesting balance here because while the challenge, and he knows it and we know it, is to play more defensively, i I feel like he's also losing some of his offensive expression, as Tortorella likes to call it. And yeah. I think that's a curious balance in that and I don't think that this will happen but it's interesting to watch you never want to stifle that side of Zach and I don't think it's possible he's just so talented but it's interesting to see this kind of pull away from what he's been able to create in the past and you know you put him with Harrington to challenge him in those defensive roles but it's also a limiter in a way and it's it's a question of should he be able to overcome that and still Keep that offensive upside is this just the natural ebb and flow of things that's what's really interesting to me about the two players is how they're responding and when they're challenged on one side are they keeping the strength the strength um, I'm, yeah. and and I don't see the same response yet from both and that again I think they're both going to be okay, particularly Zach, but it's just an interesting storyline for me
1: yeah, and I guess not to as, as you pointed out not to draw too big of a read on a few games here, but I don't sense. Worensky like um, playing with an air of desperation, right? I, I think he's. I think he's continued to play the way that he played, that sort of led him to this spot. Like I didn't see a, a new uh, defensive, um, you know, battle level last night against the Stars per se, and maybe that's not fair because it's a different situation he's being placed in. But I'm not sure the response has been entirely what, they, what they're what they looking for, but that's probably a question that should be asked rather than surmised um, by me. Um, one thing really, really interesting here, uh, for so long, the first 12 games of the season, 14 games of the season, my God, the special teams were awful. And, you, I mean, it's really hard in today's NHL to sustain winning when your power play the killer, bottom three in the league. their bottom bottom five or six teams for sure. The power play was dead last. The penalty kill was way down there too. And during this little run here, they've been really, really good now. Uh, in the last four games, Blue Jackets five of 11 on the power play. <laughs> small, small sample size, absolutely. Uh, but five power play goals. I think before that they had not five, they had... Four in their previous games total, uh, so that has awakened, and you're starting to see a newfound confidence there. What I really liked, however, is the is the penalty kill as well. 16 of 18 over the last five games. They were bleeding goals before that. They seem to be finding a balance between the the desire to pressure the puck more and the ability to not leave huge gaps and allow great speed. Like they're starting to cut people off coming through the neutral zone. I think it was Seth Jones last night who said we're spending a lot of our penalty kills along the wall because we're pushing the puck out to the wall. Um, these these special teams just in the recent spurt here have not been a huge liability. And, geez, that makes the winning, the, the ability to sustain wins a whole lot easier. Tom? Yeah. yeah. Nothing to disagree
3: with. I mean, one of them – the special teams won the game in uh, in Washington. I mean, that and Sergei Bobrovsky and of course you can't talk about the penalty kill without talking about the the most important penalty killer is your goalie. So we we know early in the year the goaltending was was not on par where it should be and now it's getting closer. But yeah, yeah, there was last night how many they give like, give up one shot maybe in four yeah. one shot. Four? Yeah.
1: Yep. One yeah. shot on goal, right? I
3: mean, yeah, yeah, that's uh that's uh, strong stuff. The power play, uh, again, Anthony DeClaire has had a couple goals in this streak. I think he's the one that kind of got it started. Uh, and, yeah, I think the, a lot of with the power play is, is confidence. You see it going in the net a couple times. And, uh, and, and you know, against the Rangers, you saw when they scored, they were just getting pucks inside. That yeah. was, the, to me, that was the thing I'd noticed. And, you know, we send them, they pass it around, and nobody's moving. Oh. Uh, they were moving the puck. That power play against the Rangers, I went back and watched it when I came home. They won the faceoff. It never left the zone. The yeah. Rangers were just almost like, oh, thank God they scored. The four guys out there were just like, we go back to the bench. They're all bent over. They're, they're yeah. just, the Blue Jackets almost walked it into the net. They moved the puck so well. So, like, so yeah, encouraging sign.
1: That Felino pass was insane.
3: Oh, insane. Uh, which which one in Washington
1: to, to Bjorkstrand?
3: Yeah, the no, backhand. Yeah,
1: yeah. the back yeah the backhand through legs to Bjorkstrand. I believe it was power play. Yeah.
3: Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah. That's the, they were power, both power play goals.
1: Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah,
3: it was incredible. It was incredible. And to give Bjorkstrand credit; there was still some work to do on that shot. That was a uh, yeah. you know he that was it was a nice shot and uh, but yeah yeah Foligno Fellino, and le- and I I know we're we're probably not going to hit this topic but my goodness. And I'm the biggest, I'm not a fan of lines that don't have centers on them. I don't think they're sustainable. But my goodness, has that line been good with Jenner and Anderson. Oh, Oh, my you look at this during this stretch. there's, There's different things, and we're kind of hitting on them here of why the team's playing better. That line has been tremendous. The first two lines they have are really good. And that's why I did not think that when Torts talked about Breaking up that third line, he would touch the first two lines because of how well they're playing right now.
1: Well, that that line you talked about, the general line with with Felino Anderson, that's very much like a 2016-17 Blue Jackets line. Yeah,
3: yeah, go back to yeah, go back to that thing. Yes, you're absolutely yeah. right.
1: Yeah, Allison, are you seeing anything different? Anything technically smart on the penalty kill that was? It's different, or are they just starting to grasp little things and and get goaltending? Let's be honest. <laughs>
2: yeah, I mean, I think. The the penalty kill, too, I mean, and, and this was mentioned more in passing because this is not a group, nor is really any group, that's going to blame personnel or changes. But, you know, this penalty kill had to rebuild in a lot of ways because Jack Johnson is gone, Ian Cole is gone,
3: right. Seth
2: Jones doesn't start the season. You know, Seth is no, really... Matt Calvert. Correct. You know, this is... Seth told me, you know, he's really proud of how he and Murray are finally coming together on the penalty kill. So I do think settling in as a, as units is part of this. You know, Sedlak has kind of been in and out and he, he's good on the penalty kill too, but he's been in and out of the lineup. So figuring out that rhythm, I think has been key. And yeah, but last night in particular, I was very impressed. If you look down at, and this was in our, our recap, I mean, the Stars had one shot on goal, it wasn't a high-danger attempt, and the Jackets had, when it came to shot attempts, just one fewer than the Stars did on the penalty kill. Yeah.
0: Right. So,
2: you know, that's, that's pretty impressive. And, and what I do like, I mean, we've talked about this now, too, on the power play, they're flowing, they're playing more freely, more fluid. But even aside from the count, I think the fact that they've now had a power play goal in four straight games... Yeah. Is huge. Even, you know, it's it's been one, two, one, one, but I think it allows them to exhale and say, "Yeah, see, we, we can get one of these every so often." You know, it yeah. just it feels easier to them. Yeah.
1: I went back and looked. This is the first time they've had four a power play goal in four straight games since the the end of last season. Uh, they didn't have a power play goal in the final game regular season game against Nashville. Before that, they had four straight. Wow. Then I got to thinking, when have they had, when's the last time they've scored a power play goal in five straight games? And so I started looking and looking (laughs) and looking. And it was the beginning of 2015 16. So, yes, the year they started 0 8, uh, they also had a power play goal in their first five games. And that's the last time they've they've popped in a power play goal in five straight games. So it's been uh, a little while. Yeah. Very, uh, very strange. And all of the, I think the people with the fire Brad Larson signs have have put them down. I'm not sure they've uh, taken them apart to recycle them yet, but the heat is off, I would think, the assistant coach at this point, because it does look kind of like they know what they're doing in that respect. Um, Blue Jackets versus Florida on Thursday. Bob's due for a shutout here soon, isn't he? My God, has he played well. Um, we go back to the time he came in. Um, October 30th, he came in in relief of Corpo Salo after the first period versus Detroit. Uh, he did take the loss that night because the Blue Jackets made a hell of a comeback. Uh, but since then, his last six outings, so five starts in there, six outings, 4-2-0, 9-5-2 oh, save percentage. In one five seven goals against the, the Bob is on fire right now um, thoughts on this as we make our way out of this podcast from either of you
2: yeah I mean it I, I try and put this in our in our recaps every night, and if you going into that Detroit game, Bob was below what he was expected to do in all but one of those games, and wow. since then he's been four point five percent above expectations, eight percent above. 4.7 4.3 6.3 and and this is what makes Bob so special this is the this is the articulation of stealing the games being the difference maker and yeah. you know I said this in my goaltending article I think this is also why Bob start felt so rough is because his expectations where we expect to see him is so high that the gap back <laughs> was so stark um, Yeah. But, you know, his, his happy place is living right here at, like, think about that, 5% above save percentage, what's expected based on the shots he's facing. That's crazy. That,
1: that is crazy. Yeah. And, boy, it does. I mean, it's easy for us to say, oh, Corpo Salo can be the starter if Bob leaves. Boy, it does call into question how competitive this team can be without a difference-making goaltender every night. I know we're getting ahead of ourselves here, but but, Tom, are you starting to –
3: say hey, look, it's, 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 we, we talked for days about they their efforts aren't consistent one game to another game, their power play. You know what? When Bob's playing like that, they're going to have a chance to win every game. That game in Washington, oh. it could have been three to nothing or three to one in the first 15 minutes of that game. They were turning the puck all over the shop, and Bob was just making saves, and he made a save early in the second period. Against um, Nicholas Backstrom, uh, Backstrom mm-hmm. that was just vintage Bob. Where he knew exactly where the puck was going. He knew it was coming across to Backstrom uh, from Chandler Stevenson. He knew he'd probably go to the far side. It, Bob barely moved. Just stuck out the, that that right pad like a flipper. Puck okay. went in the corner. Uh, a great danger. I would have to assume that's a high danger shot, right, Allison? That was a <laughs> pretty high danger area. That's a royal road, high danger show. Oh uh, well, it wasn't quite royal road, but it was. It yeah, was yeah. a great. It was a great opportunity, <laughs> and Bob just turns it around. And a lot of inconsistencies with the rest of your game kind of fade to black a little bit when your goaltender is playing that well. And and I don't mean to say it's that simple because the power play has been much better. The PK is doing well, but it all starts from the the goaltender out.
1: Yeah, well, if you've got special teams going and on both sides and your goaltender's hot, that can mask a lot of woes. Yeah. Right? No question. No that, question. That, that patches a lot of holes. And so, yeah, let that ride if you're the if you're the Blue Jackets. Uh, Tom, enjoy your breakfast,
2: Chili.
3: Oh, I'm on it right now.
1: Allison, have a wonderful day.
3: Hey, thanks.
2: You too. Have a good trip back.
1: Yeah, thanks. And thanks for uh, joining us here front and nationwide. Uh, if you're looking to... Subscribe to this great site. I would highly recommend it. Uh, Theathletic.com. Get yourself a subscription. There's always great deals out there. And uh, thanks so much for listening. We'll be back with you on Friday. And hope you have a good week.